you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> this is Sports Central on SEN. Yeah. Hello and welcome to a Saturday afternoon edition of uh, Sports Central. Thanks for the boys, Adam Peacock and uh, Nick Davis. For the uh, what is it, the Mowers Club on a Saturday morning? I wouldn't mind two hundred bucks for my yard, boys. How do you how do you go about getting that? Um, hey, listen, boys, uh, big show coming up this afternoon here on Sports Central. Plenty going on. When you when it's between footy season and cricket season, you think, oh, gee, it's quiet, isn't it? But I tell you what, there is plenty of sport happening this afternoon and tonight, and none bigger than the Cox Plate, of course. And if you've got a tip for the Cox Plate, I'm still trying to decide. I mean, the big the big news today that the favourites out Zarkis scratched uh, from the race. And I was on something else. That's been scratched. If you've got a tip for me and you want to help me out, uh, our text number is 0457 736 736 here on 1170 SEN. I'd love to uh, get a bit of help. And, of course, gamble responsibly to help us out with that sort of stuff. Uh, Chris Nelson's got some tips for us for Melbourne, Brisbane and Sydney this afternoon. Uh, Sam Hargraves will join us shortly to preview the T20 World Cup. It's interesting. We take on uh, South Africa tonight in the first game. I think it's around about 9 o'clock, 8 or 9 o'clock tonight, our time. Sam will be able to tell us that. Uh, The big question is on Dave Warner. Does he deserve his spot at the top of the order? What has he made? Three runs and four innings in the UAE. Yeah, that includes the IPL as well. Um, he's out of touch. Um, and I'm, I'm not suggesting for a second he's days a number. Maybe he's just not a good batter for the UAE. Maybe the conditions don't suit him. I'll talk to Sam about that. And I'd love your thoughts. 0457 736 736. Or you can give us a call anytime. 1300 01. 1170 is our phone number here. Chris Nelson, as I said, with some tips. Scotty Sattler. I mean, we can't go without some rugby league news uh, for your Saturday afternoon. Of course, there is so much going on. I'm looking forward to that that test match tonight between Great Britain and France where there's going to be no scrums. I don't know if I like it. I, I, the jury's out on, on this one for me. I, I'm not... Geez, there's some good set plays from scrums in the NRL this year, whether you took them you know, near the sideline or you're talking them in the, in the centre of the field. I, I, yeah, I don't know. And do the players deserve at least a 30-second rest? Anyway, uh, we'll talk to Sats about that and a few other things going on with the Newcastle Knights and the West Tigers. Uh, we'll get the latest odds from Tristo at uh, Top Sport as well. Um, I particularly want to find out about the odds on the Matildas and a couple of other things tonight. Brooksy, yeah, the producer of Joel and Fletch will be joining us. He's Sydney's most eligible bachelor Got an update him a update from him this morning on that very interesting times in in Brooksy's world. But uh, I want to talk to him about the NBA. He loves his NBA. He knows his NBA inside out. Uh, what's going on with Ben Simmons? Is he the new? Is he the new Bernard Tomic and Nick Kyrgios? I want to find out from Brooksy uh, this afternoon. We'll chat to him. The man who played eighty tests for the Wallabies, Tim Horan, joins us uh, to preview the Wallabies versus Japan clash, which is also on this afternoon. At 3.45 Sydney times. There's plenty of sport on and plenty of Australian teams playing as well. And Lee Blaney, the young Matildas coach, will preview the Matildas versus Brazil game tonight at Combank Stadium. That's going to be a ripper as well. Plenty coming up here on Sports Central 
here on 1170 SEN and say, I'd love you to actually be involved. You can get involved on the text 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Let's talk cricket and the T20 World Cup kicks off tonight. Well, it's been going with the qualifiers, but the... The final, the top 12, I think we call them, kicks off uh, tonight's uh, 9 o'clock. I, I think it is. Sammy Hargraves, welcome to Sports Central. G'day, Jase. Uh, great to be with you. Very excited about Australia getting their campaign started tonight against South Africa. Myself and uh, Darren Berry doing the game. And, um, yeah, the Aussies still looking for that first ever T20 World Cup title. Yeah, you can catch all the action uh, live tonight on SEN as well. Um, Sammy... Um, we failed to make the semis in the last two World Cups. What, why do we struggle in T20? What, why are we so good in tests? And, and even one day is we're a little bit better, but why do we seem to struggle in T20s? But, uh, so before, a year and a half ago, we were ranked first in the world. Now we're about seventh or eighth. Why are we struggling? We are, yeah, we go in ranked seventh. We play South Africa's night ranked fifth. And, Jace, there's a great reason for that. And you... you watch a lot of NRL, as do I. I watch a lot of AFL. Now, when they pick their team of the year each year in the AFL and the NRL, there's one thing that the NRL do so much better when they pick their Dallium team of the year. They pick the best player in their position and there's no equivocation about it. The All-Australian side of the AFL, they'll try and find a way to squeeze as many midfielders in to as many different positions as possible, even if that person has barely stepped foot in that area of the ground at an opening bounce. That's what Australia do, have tended to do wrong, mate, with their T20 sides. We haven't picked the best player in their best position. We've tried to squeeze players who might normally open for their big bash team, like Marcus Stoinis or like Matty Wade. We, we shove them in down the order because we just want to find a place for them. All the other countries tend to pick, the, pick specialist players in specific positions, and we, for some reason, have resisted that. Well, that that might uh, that leads to my next question. Then Marsh, you reckon you'll get the number three spot? And why why is Mitch Marsh at number three? Well, he's had a great last two series. So even though we've um, you know wanted the proverbial nest against West Indies, uh, who are one of the favourites coming into this tournament, and Bangladesh, who are actually ranked higher than us coming into this T Twenty tournament, um, Mitch Marsh has been the one consistent player throughout that time. He's averaging, I think it's just around uh, 35. He's made four scores over 50 batting at, at first drop. So whilst there's been an unsettled lineup around him, Mitch Marsh has actually been probably our best performed player over the last sort of 10 or so uh, T20 international. So he's absolutely deserved his spot. Often the whipping okay. boy for the Australian cricket public, but, <laughs> but he comes in in a rich vein of form. Yeah, well, he, got, he just got a, a a brilliant ball the other night against India first up. That was an outstanding yeah. delivery. I don't doesn't matter if Steve Smith had been facing that, he probably would have gotten out for a golden duck as well. On Steve Smith uh, at number four, he looks comfortable there, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, and he's he's made the most runs in the in the two warm ups. So um, he made fifty seven from forty eight against India. Um, that was uh, backing up. Uh, 35 off 30, a bit of a slower tempo, but that was all that was needed to get over the line uh, against New Zealand, although it did take until the second last ball for Australia to get that three-wicket win. So, again, our, our form coming into this, Jase, hasn't been great. We've won, um, if you take the warm-ups out, we've won five out of the last 18 T20 mm. internationals. Um, and there's a lot of talk around what we do at the top of the order as well. Yeah, look, the other thing, though, too, in that, though, 
I mean, some stats are great. These ones here, we haven't been full strength. And this is the first time I feel, Sammy, that we've been a full strength team since we were ranked number one in the world about a year and a half ago. So uh, we've got everyone back. Uh, we just need Dave Warner firing. He's he's having a shocking run. I, I just don't think he's good on UAE wickets. He's he's got a um, he's got a poor record uh, over there. He scored three runs in four innings. How many games do you give him, Sam? Do you give him one or do you give him two? The smart judges, Jace, are thinking two. And the reason for that as well is uh, when we look back at, again, probably the last 18 games, you know, Matty Wade's been the the preferred option for about 13 of those games, and he's averaging 22. And that's, that's fattened up by an 80 against India back in 2020. So... You look at Dave Warner's overall uh, T20 record; it's it's almost second to none. I mean, he's um he's got the second most runs for Australia in T20 cricket behind Aaron Finch. He's played the most games. His record at World Cups though isn't great. He averages just over 20 at World Cups. No one's played more World Cups um, in the current lineup than Dave Warner. Um, he's played the second most games ever for us at World Cups behind Shane Watson, but. So you give him those two, I reckon, and if he can't try and find that form that made him one of the greatest players ever at the format, then they may need to look at another option. But the problem is, and this is why they haven't probably made the change so far, no one's really grabbed that spot with the two hands and made it their own when the opportunity's presented, as you say, given that we haven't been at full strength for probably uh, around the last 12 months. I reckon Matty Wade would go all right opening, though. but uh, Perhaps he would be the... The fallback if Dave uh, Dave does fail. Look, if Dave Warner fails, we, we don't win the World Cup. We need to start quickly. Finchie's form's a little bit up and down. He's coming back from that minor knee uh, knee surgery that he had in the off-season. So, look, one hit, Dave Warner could be the man of the series, and that's all it takes. And I, I guess and this happened years ago when we were touring England in the Test Series. He just kept failing, but they knew he was one hit away from changing a game. That's how devastating he can be. I hope he gets a, a, a go. And I hope he gets some runs. But, um, yeah, very interesting to see what happens out of that. Now, Stoinis back. Big inclusion the other day. Um, bowled a little bit, but, geez, he hit the ball well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And, again, he's another one who he's used to being at the top of the order for the Melbourne Stars. Sometimes takes a couple of balls to get going, but there's not many more devastating than him um, when there's uh, a fair bit more pain on the ball, so to speak. He, he likes that. But to his credit, and it hasn't quite worked, uh, consistently so far having him down the order. But to his credit, he's had a good couple of warm-ups as well. 41 off 25 uh, against India and 28 off 23 against New Zealand. So it's not where he'd prefer to be batting, Jace, but, you know, he's getting an opportunity. Uh, and like all good team members do, um, he's finding a way to, to contribute to the side. And, and if he can maybe bowl... Because Aaron Finch has said that they're going to take in the seven specialist batters. They're going to take in four specialist bowlers plus a two all-rounder. So he and Mitch Marsh are assuming, given, mm. even though Maxwell is considered an all-rounder in the format, would be the two. Um, he's bowling a little bit as well. Mitch Marsh, by the way, has taken, I think it's around 10 wickets in the last 13 games. So he's found his, his bowling rhythm again. So he can be handy. But he and Wade Stoinis are the ones that, are at the moment batting in positions where they don't normally tend to bat, which that's always the area of a little bit of concern. But at the moment, Stoinis is making a fist of it. How good was the scene, Max, the other night against India wearing a floppy hat, one of those Greg Chappell floppy hats. Haven't seen that for a while. Hey, he looks happy and he's had an outstanding IPL, hasn't he? Yes. 
Oh, he has. I think it was, what do you have, four scores of over 50 in a row. Yeah. I think five out of his last six innings were, were, were half centuries or around the mark. And, and Jace, he, you, you've said that we don't win without Dave Warner, and I absolutely agree with you. But I, I actually feel that, that Glenn Maxwell is the most important player for us at this T20 World Cup. If, if he's firing, then he, he's the one player that we have that actually other teams find intimidating. England and India tend to laugh at us for not playing him more in the longer <laughs> forms of the game. They hold him up uh, in very high esteem. So if he can get rolling, uh, then look out. It could all hinge on him. Yeah, let's talk about the bowlers. You talked about... Um... That bowling attack, Zamper and Agar both both have played, you know, bowled plenty of overs. I think we need Hazelwood. He's our best bowler uh, in that attack. I think Stark will be the one who should probably miss out. What are your thoughts? It's a, it's a tough question, isn't it? Because I'm with you. I, I want them to play the two spinners. I think you have to. And and both Zamper and Agar are actually ranked in the top ten for for T20 bowlers at the moment. So you've got to go in with them. So then it becomes, you know, is it Cummins? Is it Stark? Is it Hazelwood? And I'm sort of leaning your way as well. I think given that, that it's you're going to need to find a way to restrict um, in these on in these conditions, on these pitches, and Hazelwood does that better than most. He was part of the, the championship-winning IPL side as well and was a solid contributor to them. I don't think you can go in without Pat Cummins. I think he is the first mm. pick for the bowlers, and then you do try and figure it out. Obviously, Stark, there's not many more devastating on his day, but when it's not his day, he tends to be expensive. And I just don't think we can afford that, given the explosive uh, lineups from a batting point of view that Australia are going to be coming up against. In a pretty tough group, South Africa tonight, yep, they've gone off the boil a little bit, ranked fifth in the world. But we've got India, uh, England in our group and the West Indies as well. Um, West Indies are reigning champions. And, and a lot of people's... I was watching the videos on the ICC World Cup website the other day, and a lot of the players picking West Indies to, to make the final. Oh, they're pretty good in the short-form game, aren't they? Um, let's move on to the Ashes. Let's get away from the, the T20 World Cup for a moment. The Ashes, big news during the week, Jane Pattinson retires. Um, that all came as out of the blue, bit of a shock, wasn't it? It did. It did. He's. It's such a shame, isn't it, with, with what we often... And, and it's always a great talk-back conversation, as you know, Jace. The players we never really got to see um, at their peak consistently who could have been anything. And I think he'll go into that group. Like, of, of all the what might have been, he is right up there in that. I mean, he is as good as any we've got. He would have been the opening bowler for any other test side just about in the world. Mm. But, he, but he plays at a time where we're spoiled for fast bowling choice. And, and just so happens, too, that within um, that abundance of bowlers that we've got, those rich stocks, we found a trio that so well complement each other um, and, and bring that slightly different skill set to the table, which, you know, as, as Shane Warne's always said, you bowl in partnerships and they've found the right mix in terms of that. But every time he, he came in for Australia, he performed with, without right. a shadow of a doubt and, and played important games and, and had big moments. It's a real shame. Yeah, and look, he's... He's had a wretched run with injuries back and all that sort of stuff. So he's still going to play the game, but he's going to play it in the in the Fort Shaw. And there is another bloke uh, hanging about, though, who does deserve a, a spot as a bowler this year. And, I, and I'd love to see him get a run, Michael Nessa. He's he's in good form. The Sheffield Shield, you know, will, will continue, obviously, before the tests start. But uh, Michael Nessa's not a bad fifth quick for the Aussies to have. 
Yeah, and again, uh, by the way, just on Pattinson, there's a bit of selfishness there too because as a Vic, I wouldn't mind seeing just a little bit more <laughs> sneak in <laughs> to the, the Australian side. But you, I mean, Ness is another. It's a great one to bring up. I mean, did he did he take ten wickets in the? Was it him that got was the ten wickets? My, my my mind might be playing tricks on me in the Shield game against South, uh, South Australia. Um, was oh, it, that, was that it him? Was that last season? No, it was, was the last, last game that they just played. Queensland oh, was South it? Australia. I think it was Nessa. I think, but I could be right, wrong. Okay. On yeah. that. But but you're right. He's again would someone who would bring something a little bit different again. That he's not as quick as the other guys that are in there at the moment. But he does get the ball to talk a little bit in the right condition. So um, he could be. And Sean Abbott's probably another one that's knocking down the door as well. But we're again we're in an era at the moment, Jace, where we're we have an, an abundance of, of fast bowling options, which is which is great for Australian cricket. It's just our batting that's, you know, the head scratcher at the minute. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, what else? Oh, Will Pekoski again. Uh, another head knock. Was a walk-up yeah. start to open with Dave Warner for the first test. Is is that it? Is that sadly it for Will? Is it is it ten concussions now? I, I hear. Yeah, it is, and it might be even more. It, it, there's a couple. There's I think Tim Payne was saying the other day that he thought it might have been more. Victoria are really confident that he comes back and he'll be okay. Um, with what we're learning now, and and you'd know this through what we're you know with with rugby league, AFL, and and what's happening in America in the NFL, what we're learning more and more about CTE, it, it's really hard not to be. Um, genuinely worried about Will Bukowski. Uh, and, and whilst, yep, he is a once-in-a-generation talent, he could be anything in the game, he, his safety and well-being is far more important than all of that. And, and I just can't help thinking that if, if we get any more of these, and maybe it's even at that point for some people, I don't profess to know enough, and, and, and probably none of us do, about it to know whether now's the time to say, for your own safety, it might be time to to think about something else. I don't know if we're at that point yet, but we couldn't be far away, surely, and um, because we, we only want what's best for him uh, mm. with his health and well-being. Hopefully, and you cross everything, fingers, toes, that, that he, his dream of, of having a consistent Australian career, which he's far and away good enough to do, can come to fruition before that moment would come that we would have to step away. But it, it does make you worry. It, you oh, can't it does. not worry. Yeah, and look, life's more important than sport. You know, it's it's it is. It is. one one more knock could be fatal, mate. And and yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I hope everything turns out well for him uh, post cricket if he does actually have to um, step down. That means who opens with Davy Warner come come the Ashes that first Test uh, December eight at the Gabba? Is it the hometown boy Joey Burns? Is it? Marnus Labuschagne as does he? I'd love to see Marnus open the batting. I really would. But you know, who is there? Who could who could fill that void if if uh, if Will Bukowski is unavailable? I don't reckon you take away what, what we're. It's, it's sort of like that thing, Jase, where you. Whilst I hear you about, that I think Marnus could probably bat anywhere. But do we rob Peter to pay Paul, and are we? And is it too big a price to pay because he's done so well at at at, at first drop? so well at three, and Steve Smith at four. I'd be looking... I mean, Marcus Harris got the chance last year, and did he did he cement his spot? Probably not. I'm absolutely open to Usman Khawaja coming back in and opening. His record as an opener, you know, I think it's either seven or nine innings, he averages about 90 as an opener. Um, he's, he's made a century or two as an opener. 
His average is still over 40 in, in test cricket. I, I would be absolutely fine. And the other thing, too, about that is his weakness has always been spin early in his innings. England's spinners are nothing to lose any sleep over, with all due respect. No. So... He he would have they he would have no fears about what England can throw at him, and we know how good he is um, with with the new ball. So I, I actually think Usman Khawaja is a great as long as it's and look people would say why would you go back to go forward? Well, we all still believe that Bukowski is the future. So and we've seen what can happen when you put in a young player to give him a chance and then take him out of that team. But when they when when someone comes back, it, it, it's actually often been to the detriment of a young opener to get a chance only to be taken out when your preferred option comes back in. So I think Usman Khawaja represents a, a really safe, but, but, but strong choice while we're waiting for Will Bukowski if we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. And Uzi's uh, in some pretty good form as well. And I think he's matured yeah. even further as the Queensland captain at the moment too. So, and first test at the Gabba. Don't have to worry about the spinners, Sammy, if you open the batting, do you? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly hey, right. And even if they hey, do decide to do that, then it won't worry him. No, no, good call. Hey, listen, before we let you go, uh, we've got to go to a break in a sec. Uh, tonight, or this afternoon, I should say, more sport. The Sixers go up against the Thunder for the first time this season in Launceston. Uh, there's been a lot of talk around Alyssa Healy's form. Uh, can people just give up, please? She's she's an outstanding cricketer. She'll bounce back. Oh, I, I don't even know why it's a conversation. I don't know I, either. I honestly don't. What's the conversation? Yeah, no, she's. That's she's, all we she's, need to say, Dave. That's all absolutely. Say. Listen, I look forward to you and uh, also uh, Darren Berry covering off on the uh, the T20 World Cup kicks off tonight here on eleven seventy SEN Australia versus South Africa. Have a good call, mate, and thanks for joining us on Sports Central. Anytime, Jace. Cheers. See you, mate. There goes uh, Sammy Hargraves uh, in charge of the call team tonight here on eleven seventy SEN. Gibbo, how are you, mate? G'day, Jase. How you going, mate? No, I'm here. I was, I was just, if still... No, I was just pranking you there, mate. G'day. That was a great interview, I thought. No, he's he's good, Sammy. Used to work with him years ago at, a, at another radio station. He's a, such a good caller, so I look forward to hearing his coverage uh, tonight uh, on 1170 SE. And I want to throw out a uh, Sports Central uh, hypothetical for you, Gibbo, and I want to get your thoughts on this. If you had one batsman from any world team and you get 20, win- 20 runs to win off the last over, who would you choose we to going right- bat to? We're going right now? Who's in play? Yep. yep. Or-, or anyone. No, anyone from anywhere, anytime. Oh, I'd probably go Brendan McCullum. Mm. I-, I'm a- I was a bit of a Black Caps fan, and besides that innings, he failed at the World Cup final when uh, Mitchell Stark cleaned him up. I-, I think, yeah, Brendan McCullum. I always loved watching him bat, but, yeah, I'd have to go him. What about you, Jace? You've well, seen mate, a lot I'm of a parochial, Mate, I'm a parochial Aussie, so I'm going to pick an Aussie. There's one person who knew how to close an in innings better than anyone else oh, I know. in world cricket, Michael Bevan. Abs- yeah. What, is that if I New Year's Day? If I, yeah, New Year's. He did it several times, but New Year's Day was the big one. That was, I think it was about 1999, 1998, somewhere around there. Um, that was That was the big one, but... Yeah, if if I've got twenty runs left, and even if Glenn McGrath's down the other end, I'm backing Michael Bevan to get those twenty runs any time, mate. He was he was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Who would you give the bat to if you need twenty runs off the last over at the T Twenty World Cup? It can be any player from any country from any era. 
Who would you give the bat to? 0457 736 736. Gibbo, we better get to a break. This is Sports Central on 1170 SEN Sydney or via the SEN app. When we come back, we're going to catch up with Chris Nelson. This is Sports Central on SEN. Welcome back to Sports Central. Jason Matthews here for your Saturday afternoon. And what is a massive day of sports in and around uh, Sydney. Of course, the Matildas tonight at Combank Stadium. That'll be good. We're going to catch up with uh, the young Matildas coach uh, a little later on, Leah Blaney. She'll be joining us as she calls the game tonight with uh, Adam Peacock here on 1170 uh, SEN. There's stacks going on on the TV. Scott Sattler will join me soon. I'm really intrigued uh, by this new rule tonight in the test match between uh, Great Britain and France in the rugby league, where there's going to be no scrums. I don't know about you, Gebo, but I, uh, I'm all for scrums. I'm old school, buddy. And the players need at least 30 seconds off, don't you think? Absolutely. It's going to be pretty fast-paced, but I, I'm just struggling to see that French side. It was inexperienced anyway to be matching it with the English. Be very interesting to see that game. Uh, you can shoot us a text uh, about anything you like tonight, uh, today, uh, 0457 736 736. Uh, asking you about Ben Simmons. Is he the new Nick Kyrgios or Bernard Tomic with the way he's carrying on in the NBA at the moment? Mate, you're earning, what, $35 million a year. Just get on with it, mate. Just turn up and play and do what the coach asks you to do. Uh, got a text about that, have we, mate? Yeah, mate. So we this one comes in from Jaws. Look beyond Ben Simmons and cast eyes over his management. Now, he is with Clutch, uh, LeBron James' management label. But, yeah, I think he's... Had some bad advice, unfortunately. We've also got a text from Will from Wynnum. Hey, Legends, quick tip for the punters. NPL women's final is on this evening between the Lions and Kapalabar Bulldogs. Kapalabar, a big underdogs at $8, but a definitely a chance. Cheers, Will from Wynnum. And finally, someone agreeing with you, Jace. Stu from Cronulla, Michael Bevan, would get me home any day. Oh, yeah, that's uh, it, it's our hypothetical, the Sabo. If you had 20, overs to get, uh, 20 runs to get in the last over of a T20 match, make it the T20 World Cup final, I don't care, any era, any nation, who would you give the bat to? And, and mine is, you You say uh, Brendan McCallum, good choice too, Gibbo, but uh, Michael Bevan just knows how to get the job done. Right here, this man, up and down when it comes to getting the job done, Chrissy Nelson joins us now from Racing Queensland. Chris, you've got some tips for us this Arvo, mate. I was just going to say too, Jase, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that um, my management haven't sent me in the same direction as uh, Ben Simmons. I'd have to change management, I think. Well, you'd have to take a pay cut for starters, mate, to earn Ben Simmons money, <laughs> wouldn't you? Hey, I have to. I have to find some management first. That'd be a good start. <laughs> That's right. I mean, let's not forget your oceanfront mansion. At Coolum oh, on the Sunshine Coast. Oh, yes, so don't, that's don't right. worry, mate. At, we all know about it. I'm looking at all righty, the water let... as we speak. <laughs> that's right. You own your own dolphins, don't you? Hey, listen, oh, uh, Doomben, Doomben the Sava, how's the track looking? And is there anything worth having a punt on? Remember, gamble responsibly too, folks. There is. Um, look, Doomben's a soft five. We've got these this thread of storms that's been hanging around all week. Uh, that's always a possibility this afternoon. But as we stand or sit here now, I can tell you that the track is a soft five. And... There's no rain right at the moment. Now, last three races, it's always good to finish on a winning note. I think there's some good bets in the last three races today. Race eight, number 19, 19, Go Wanji. Go Wanji, an emergency. There's a heap of scratchings in this race. So Go Wanji's got a start. He's only had five starts. He won the first three on country tracks. 
Then he went to Eagle Farm, put in a cracker of a run. He had a, a, a spell. He came back at Warwick recently, and he ran a really nice race at Warwick. He is well up to winning a Saturday race in town. So race eight, number 19, go Wanji. Then we go to race nine. The best bet of the day is number eight, Sir Warwick. The Jimmy Byrne is riding well. Three starts since coming up from Victoria for three wins. He races up on the pace, and he's got a good turn of foot which he showed last start. He raced away to score by almost six lengths. Now, there's only a couple of leaders in this race, of which he is one, so I expect him to win again, Sir Warwick. Race nine, number eight. And in the last, mm-hmm. this is a, shaping is a nice little all-up. Race 10, number two, Contemptuous. Jaden Lloyd takes three off, gets him with 53, won three of its last five. The only defeats have been against really, well, good horses have beaten it when it's been beaten. So I think Contemptuous can, uh, can win again from the good gate. So... There you go. If we're looking for some get-outs later in the day, hopefully uh, those three or one or two or all three can do the job. Well, mate, I'm going to I'm going to have positive thoughts about you. And no, I normally don't come late Saturday, but I'm going to have. It's only early. It's only what it's half past twelve. I'm going to have some positive thoughts about your picking today, mate. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with you. I'm going to have an all up. Well, you've, you know, I haven't let you down very much very often before, <laughs> Jase. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, now, listen, mate, listen. No, you've been pretty good, actually. I've got to admit that. Thank hey, listen, you. you like something today in the Cox Plate? Hasn't this, hasn't this changed? Well, with the scratching of Zaki this morning, which was very unfortunate, yeah, it has changed. And look, I, I was with Very Elegant yesterday, and obviously I'm keener now with Zaki out, but she has firmed up. And look, the rain last night would have certainly helped. I'm looking for a bit more rain this afternoon. I didn't see anything on the radar earlier. But she loves a bit of give in the ground. And I think we can forgive that run into Turnbull. She certainly wasn't disgraced, but she didn't show her usual dash in the straight. And I think there was probably reasons for that. So uh, go on her back. I'll stick with her today. I think she'll be ridden uh, off the speed. And I think she'll be the one to beat in the straight. So very elegant. Looks like another group one coming up, possibly for Chris Waller. Well, I was on gold trip. That got scratched. And we predicted that on yes. Thursday, that that would happen. Uh, and that's not because I read the form guide or anything. It's just that I back horses with the word gold in it. Uh, you know, it's no different to you. You put the cocky in the cage and put the form guide under it, and that's how you that's do your right. tipping. Uh, exactly. But, mate, I'm on, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on Moanga. I, I, I think well, uh, Huey Bowman's gone to Melbourne for this, and yeah. I just, yeah. Mate, it's come in, obviously, with the scratching of, of Zaki. It's come in from 17s to 6.50. And you can see this is um, this is going to be the fairy tale. Well, not fairy tale, but this is going to be the result. Poor old Annabelle Nisham loses Zaki in the race, but her other runner, Mawanga, wins. So, you know, these things happen in big races, these sorts of stories, and it could well be another one today if Mawanga does win. So, uh, But I'm happy for it to run second to very elegant too, by the way. <laughs> All right, mate. And, of course, our hometown is Sydney. What's uh, What's going on there? You like something today at Randwick? I do. I like a few. Race five, number one, Emerald Kingdom, is trained in Queensland by Rob Heathcote. Really good run first up at Eagle Farm. He's gone down to Sydney. He's been well back this morning. He's a front runner. He'll give them plenty to chase. Race five, number one. Race eight, the Bondi Stakes for a million dollars. Number one, Halal, I think can win again. 1,600 metres ideal. And I think the whole world is going to be on this thing in the last. Race 10, number nine, Gravina. James Cummings, Kieran McAvoy. Looks so well placed, Gravina. Gate number one. Uh, form's good. Uh, split a couple that uh, ran first and third in a Group 3 race last Saturday at Randwick. So there's plenty of ticks there for Gravina. So I think there'll be a, a rush to back Gravina in the last race. All right. So uh, just so I've got all these rights, uh, Doombin, race eight, number 19. Race nine, number eight. That's your best bet of the day. 
And race yep. 10, number two in the Cox Plate. You like Very Elegance? Is that right? Yep. And right. in Sydney, race five, number one. Race eight, number one. And race 10, number nine. Chrissy Nelson, thank you very much, mate. And I hope you have a very successful afternoon because you do. All of our <laughs> listeners are. All right? And you, more importantly. And me for a change. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Chris Nelson. Have a good one, mate. Cheers, Jase. Thanks. Cheers. And remember, gamble responsibly. All right, it's important you do that. 0457 736 736. Uh, you've got to get your text messages into us. And our hypothetical, the Sarva, I'm going to throw this at our next guest as well. Uh, if you had 20 runs you needed off the last over of a T20 World Cup, who do you give the bat to? I'm saying Michael Bevan. So, Stuart, uh, Dean Russell's shot us a text as well. Gebo, what's he said? He's gone uh, D- Viv Richards, which, you know, another West Indian. Um, we got. Mark, remember the name Carlos Brathwaite from the 2016 Cricket World Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another. Mate, uh, sorry, yeah, they've got plenty on the text line here. Ben Stokes as well, Viv Richards, Chris Gale, Glenn Maxwell. We also got Adam Gilchrist, mate. I mean, he was a good finisher, wasn't he, Jase? Yeah, absolutely. Shoot your text through to us, 0457 736 736. Scotty Sattler is on Sports Day every night at uh, 6 o'clock. Well, Monday to Thursday, 6 o'clock here on 1170. SCN joining us now. G'day, Sats. Hey, Woogie. How are you? Thank you, mate. I'm, 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 I'm Jason Matthews on Saturdays, mate. It's my professional oh, name. Sorry, okay. Not that yep. stupid name you and Badge have given me on, <laughs> uh, on, on Sports Day. Hey, mate, I've got a lot of uh, rugby league questions I need answered. Uh, the Sava, if you don't mind, can I just throw a few things past you? Uh, your yep. thoughts on the West Tigers uh, appointment of uh, Ben Gardner and Nathan Kalis as assistant coaches? Good appointments, really good appointments. Benny Gardner was involved at South for a number of years. Nathan Kalis uh, involved with the Roosters as well. Um, but most importantly, they've worked with um, Michael Maguire at New Zealand, um, the Kiwis level as well as coaches. So he needs those guys who are alongside him. That just They just know how he works day in, day out. And the minute that he turns his back, he's got to know that those two coaches are preaching from the same hymn sheet. So I think they're really good appointments. Nathan Carlos has come from a really good system. You know, that rooster system with Trent Robinson, the way that he not only coaches his sides, but the way that he educates his coaches as well. He's going to produce a lot of coaches out of um, out of his systems, oh, I think, um, Trent Robinson. So, yeah, I think they're really good. And Benny Gardner's a really good coach. A lot of people don't know a lot about him. Involved, been involved in the lower grades a lot, a lot of the time, but he's, he acts as a really good conduit between your head coach, your uh, your second-tier coaches and the players that are going up and back from first grade to, to the second tier, which is the New South Wales Cup. So, yeah, no, I think it's a good appointment. Now, they'll comp- now, would, that, would that appointment be made by Michael Maguire or, or Tim Sheens, those appointments? Uh, it would have been in consultation with both, but probably more so Michael Maguire telling Tim Sheens of their greatest assets to a rugby league. Uh, a rugby league format, a rugby league um, department. So, and at the moment, Tim Sheens, as good as Tim Sheens is going to be, and I love Tim Sheens. I can't wait for us to talk to him when he finally gets back to Australia and gets out of quarantine and and he gets his feet under the desk. Is that um, he can't have any control over the systems at the moment. He doesn't know who's who in the zoo, in and around the the rugby league landscape in Sydney at the moment. Um, he knows everything operationally. He knows how to set up junior systems better than anyone. Uh, great at recruitment um, and great at coaching coaches. And he's a really good appointment for the Tigers and Michael Maguire. But 
at the moment he's probably he's probably going to be led by Michael Maguire in relation to his recommendations. Okay. Um, just had a look at the news uh, this morning. I think I saw this. Mitchell Pearce could be leaving the Knights. Apparently, he wants to head to the, to the Super League and to Catalans. Is this is this a? Do you think this is going to happen? And B, is it a good move or bad move for the Knights? I think it's a bad move for the Knights because I don't think there's enough talent around, enough, enough experienced talent around for the Knights uh, if they are going to continually progressing up the uh, up the the competition ladder. And to have a guy like him working with Jake Clifford, who oh, Jake Clifford's not the polished product yet. He's still got a lot of areas in his game that he needs polishing, and Mitchell can help him with that. So I don't think it's a good move. I mean, we see it so much now. If someone comes into their last year of their contract, whatever it may be, and they get a two or three year deal somewhere else, and the club just releases them because they've got a better deal somewhere else. You know, I wouldn't be caring about anyone else. If I'm Newcastle, I'm caring about 2022, and I think Mitchell plays a huge role in that. So um, I don't think it's a good role, a good um, a good decision if if he does end up going. And I think Newcastle should hold on to him. Um, do you reckon it's just he, for money, or do you think he just oh, wants yeah, a fresh start with everything that happened this year? No, no, I just, I just think it's the back end of your career. You've, you've got a long, a long ended deal, um, and uh, it's, it's really that that whole situation with rugby league, Jace, where it doesn't matter the term of your contract. It doesn't mean anything now in the NRL. So, mm. if you can get a better deal somewhere else for a longer, a longer period, um, you, some clubs are allowing their players uh, to, to do that. We saw that with Jermaine Tanua Brown, who's gone from the Warriors to the. The Cowboys he's got one year left on his contract, but he's got an he's got an extended deal with mm. the Cowboys, so the club lets him go. So um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be moving on Mitchell at all. I'd be saying you're contracted to us, and we expect you to fulfil that that contract. This... And I'd be very surprised if Danny Badiris lets him go. Actually, I, I think I think they'll hold on to him because I think they realise how important he is. Well, they're a better team when he's on the field. I, I, that's why I don't get this. I just don't I don't understand it and. As they're rebuilding the Knights, you need, you know, those seasoned professionals, well, not seasoned professionals, but you need those seasoned players around you. Well, you do. You do need, you, it's a perfect phrase. You do need seasoned professionals because you've got young Phoenix Crossley and you've got um, Jake Clifford and all these really young players that, mm. that need to progress into first-grade players. But um, you don't want them to learn on the run. You need them to learn in those hours between games Spending time with those well, hang on. players. Those you don't want to spend players. too much time with Mitch Pearce after hours. Yeah, do you? not yeah, not after hours. But not definitely not. He's a fun-loving guy. I love Mitch. He's such a tremendous guy. And yeah, I, I wouldn't be letting him go. You got to understand also. This is sometimes this is not the club that's antagonising. This is player yes. managers that will antagonise us. So listen, we've got this long-ended deal. Newcastle aren't going to move, so we need to put pressure from another angle. So. Um, yeah, so I'd be really interested to see how this plays out because I, if I'm Newcastle, I'm not, I'm not letting him go anywhere because there's not a better alternative. Yep, okay. I saw on the cesspit that is Twitter, uh, people are saying that Luke Brooks, West Tigers should get rid of Luke Brooks and he should go to Newcastle. So, God, it's a cruel world, that place. Hey, I, I see there's a push, and I don't know where it's coming from. You might be able to enlighten me on this. To go back to two referees, I don't know. Is, it, is this a good move, Sats? I don't think it if is. It, I don't no. think. It's, I just think we need. I just think we need some slight tweaking with the six again, and that's it. And the slight tweak would be that if you give away a a ruck infringement or offside in the first two tackles of the set of six, um, it should be a penalty, because you know clubs are deliberately doing it to slow down the, the play of the ball, and they don't care if they give away six again. They've only got 
defend another one other tackle. So mm. um, I think it's a penalty. Um, if you deliberately do it coming while well, the team's coming off their try line, which is really difficult, those runs coming off your try line, the wingers and the front rows trying to get over the 20-metre mark, if you do a ruck infringement or get offside there, it's a penalty so they can get out of their 20. So they're the only things we need to tweak with the new rules. Um, we don't need the second referee. You know, everyone says that they controlled the ruck. I can tell you now, when you're involved in the play the ball and there is so much going on, there's people grunting and snorting and players talking to each other in relation to what role they're playing. Do you get off first? Do you get off second off the tackle play? You don't hear a, a ruck referee telling you to get off. You don't hear, mm. the, you don't hear that, third, that, that third voice. So um, I feel as though that we need to give the responsibility to the, to the referees um, when they're there by themselves. It's interesting. I was talking to some referees saying, oh, you'd want to be there by yourself doing it. And a lot, a majority of the referees I spoke to were saying, no, it's really good having that second voice out there. It really helps helps yeah. with the ruck. And then you get back with the you know the 10 metres, whatever it may be. So, uh, which surprised me because I thought they would have liked the independence and the responsibility of controlling the game. So, um, You'd be a good ref because yeah, you I, like I, rules. I wouldn't want you to like... go back to I wouldn't want to go. I wouldn't want to go back to two refs. All right. Mate, we've spoken enough about referees. I'm on. Yeah, yep, I'm, I agree. All right. Quickly, I've got to go to a break. Gibbo's making me go to a break. England versus France yep. tonight. No scrums. Um, what do you think? No, I like scrums. I like if. I like, yeah, you know, me too. Scrums, if we're going to use scrums, I think you've got to have more than. You know, I think you've got to have more than one pass. You've got to pass at least twice because that, that puts teams in, a, in an attacking mentality. Um, some teams use a scrum really well. And Tim Sheens was great at, at scrum plays when he was at the West Tigers and Canberra Raiders. Um, I love the scrum. It takes half the defenders out of the defensive line. you just got to have creative players and enough speed to be able to use it to your advantage. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like not having scrums. I loved I loved it this year. Those those scrums, the moves off a lot of the scrums this year because you can have it wherever you want it. I, I just thought that was really good this year. So well, you've got some really players nice. like Josh Adokar where they... They Absolutely. One pass off the scrum and they kick early and it's just become yep. a foot race between you know, Jason Saab or Josh Adokar. It's it's that's what we want to see. We want to see the best players in open space and Absolutely. And um and that's what scrums give you. All right, mate, we've got to go to break. Gibbo's giving me the wind up. Uh thanks for joining us. What are you doing for the rest of your Saturday afternoon? Very quickly. I'm gonna go to the movies. Oh. There's all this sport on you yep. around the movies. You're a disgrace. See you later. See you yep. Monday. See ya. Scott Sattler, former grand final hero here on Sports Central. We better get to a break. Back with Tristo from Top Sport next here on SCN. This is Sports Central on SCN. Yeah, certainly is. Jason Matthews here for your Saturday afternoon. Plenty of sport going on. And I tell you, it's I can't believe how busy it is. You can also shoot us a text anytime, 0457 736 736. Uh, we've been asking the Sava about... If there's 20 runs left in the last over of the World Cup final, who do you give the bat to? Gibbo, I see um, we've got another one from Mark, uh, Michael Bevan here. Yeah, and this one is listening in from Whistler, Canada. Only one person you need nice. for those last 20 runs is M. Bevan. Jace, you've got a lot of followers this morning, mate. I, I know that, mate. I've, we've na- I've nailed this one at least. Uh, Tristo from Top Sports joining us now. G'day, mate. G'day, Jace. How are you going? Good to speak to you. Yeah. Yeah, good, good mate. Good to have you on. If you had to hand the bat to someone, last over, T20 World Cup final, any era, any team, who would you give the bat to? Yeah, I, I can't go past uh, the 
West Indians, how they uh, they managed to get the result done late in those clutch moments. So I reckon I'll throw it to Jace Holdo. A bit of a bit of a wild uh, wild card one there. I think uh, Bevan's a good pick, as, as you've pointed out. But 20 runs is a, is a steep ask for for him, I reckon. I reckon you want one of those big hitters because you're going to need at least two or three sixes and a couple of boundaries. So you want someone imagine fence. imagine Lara and Viv Richards playing T20 cricket. Oh, <laughs> All right, mate. Cox Plate this afternoon. We're getting people's tips for that as well on 0457 736 736. Uh, Zaki, mate, there's been big changes in the betting. This has been, it has been a lot of big changes. We had Gold Trip out yesterday with the vet and then obviously the sad news this morning that Zaki wasn't able to go around. It would have been a great race to see it involved um, and it has changed the market immensely. Very elegant, was smashed even before this. It was $7.50 to $5 on the back of this news in further into $3.80. Animo was five fifty into three dollars after the, the, the withdrawal of Zaki. Back out to three twenty though, so a little bit easy. Very elegant, the one they're coming for. But the one that's been the big go in the last hour or so is number eight, State of Rest. It's been absolutely backed off the map. Nine dollars after the withdrawal of Zaki into six fifty. So you've got to try to work out what the real moves are with with obviously a few withdrawals. But that's a massive move there. Late State of uh, Rest, nine dollars into six fifty in the last hour. Well, mate, I've jumped off Gold Trip and on to Moanga. Any chance? Oh, it's definitely a chance. It's, it's been a big, consistent go. 19 into 6, obviously, with those scratchings, it's been amplified. But certainly the race is changing. Just keep an eye on how the track's playing as well. It was very, very leaderish there last night, but there's a little bit of rain overnight. And just watching race 2, which just crossed as we've been talking, and that they, they flew from the back. So I think watching how the track's going to play is really going to set things up. So just keep an eye on it. I reckon there could be some big moves based on that, because I think the punters might have thought earlier that the fence might have been the go, but if uh, the last race is anything to go by, mate, maybe some swoopers might still be a chance. Uh, so, yeah, Moanga's definitely a, definitely a, a big, big hope in this race. Uh, Wallabies taking on Japan this afternoon. Gee, it's a big afternoon of sports. Wallabies, clear favourites for this, wouldn't they be? Yeah, Wallabies are clear favourites. They've been in really, really good form as well, uh, off, off the back of a couple of wins. They're $1.16. Uh, Japan's $5.50 to Lions. 14 and a half. It has moved heavily in Australia's direction. It's 186 the minus, $2 a plus. We've got over 80 markets on that match, and there's expected to be lots of tries in at 55 and a half the total points. So hopefully the Aussies can keep their winning run going, and $1.16 to do so would indicate they probably are likely to do it. All right. T20 World Cup opener tonight. Australia versus uh, South Africa. We heard South Africa uh, are the fifth place team, Australia the seventh. Are we a chance against South Africa? Oh, we're a big chance. I think those ratings will be flipped in the next non non too distant future. Australia obviously haven't been the uh, you know we haven't the T Twenty has been one of our weaker areas in terms of the cricket, but I, I think we're we're putting a lot more focus onto that. South Africa seemed to have lost a couple of their experienced players. They're on a bit of a free fall. So Australia's a dollar seventy three, South Africa two fourteen. I really like us to get a result here. Our middle order is so explosive. Uh, we just need to get a little bit of consistency up the top with Warner and Finch, who we know can lift in these big games. So hopefully. They, they can do it tonight. Dollar seventy three over two hundred markets there. If, if you like your high bats, <laughs> uh, most wickets, all those sort of things, there's plenty to sink your teeth into. Righty, mate. Very quickly, Matilda's taking on Brazil tonight in Sydney. Yeah, well, the the boys are still uh, still trying to work out the odds here. It's a really tricky game to Rightio. price. But our man Adam Peacock uh, said two dollars ten the Aussies, two dollars sixty Brazil, and three twenty the draw. That's where he has it. Our boys are looking into it, and they're, they're going to get it up as soon as we can. But that's that's Adam. Adam sent his resume in with, with those prices. <laughs> Tristo, have a good afternoon, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Enjoy the other.
See you, mate. Top Sport, the home of Top Sports betting multi. Download the Top Sport app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We've got to take a break. When we come back, Brooksy joins us. We're going to chat NBA. We'll do that next here on 1170 SEN. It is Sports Central for your Saturday Arvo. This is Sports Central on SEN. Welcome to the second big hour of Sports Central here on 1170 SEN. Jason Matthews uh, here, the Savo. Gibbo uh, pushing all the buttons and doing a mighty fine job, the Savo. And reading out the text on 0457 736 736. We'll get to some of those in just a moment. Uh, coming up this hour, though, Wallabies legend Tim Horan joins us to preview the Wallabies versus Japan this afternoon. I think last time we played, you love your rugby, don't you, Gibbo? You're a massive rugby fan. Yeah, I'm a big rugby fan. That's right, Jace. Yeah, I think the last time we played them, we absolutely smashed them. We, we played yeah, we them, did. I think, three times in our history, but they've gotten a lot better. So it's been a pretty interesting game, especially over in Japan. Well, last time I think we played in Japan, it was against England, and I think they belted us. So anyway, we'll see how that goes this afternoon. We'll talk to Timmy about that. Uh, Leah Blaney, who's part of the SCN commentary team tonight for the Matildas versus Brazil with Adam Peacock. Uh, and she's also the young Matildas coach. She'll be joining us too to preview that match. And this man, boy, he's all over Sydney now. Lockdown's over. He's getting out and about and dating the young ladies of Sydney. He's also the uh, executive producer of Joel and Fletch, which you're going to hear weekday arvos. Well, whenever, how many days a week does Fletch work, Gibbo? Is it three, uh, He, he works four days, three in the season, but yeah, four. Gee, he's right, got a okay. good life, doesn't he, Jase? Oh, doesn't he, what? Yeah. Uh, Brooksy's joining us now. G'day, Brooksy. Jase, we have to talk about these intros. Come on, man. <laughs> you're Come not on, my man. producer, mate. You're not Gee, my producer. That was straight in. Oh, that was that was divulging some interesting information from the get-go. Well, I did get... Uh, just, this is not off the record. I got a very exciting call from Brooksy this morning saying, mate, but I, I won't go in... I, oh. I, won't, I won't go into it, Brooksy. I want to talk to you about what it's like for a, a young bloke, single young bloke. You're single too, though, aren't you, Gibbo? Uh, yeah, it depends who's listening, Jace. Depends who's listening. <laughs> Are you single or not, Gibbo? Uh, yes or no? You uh, can't have it each way. On the weekends, yes. <laughs> During the week, no, Jace. <laughs> What's that mean, Brooksy? What's that mean? You two work together no, every day. Devotes, yeah, he, he. During the week, he's very much focused in on drive with Joel and Fletch. So the whole dating thing during the oh, week right. is non-existent. He's a workplace man and will throw everything at the show. So dating, every, friends, you know, he, that waits for the weekend with Gibbo. You're a, Gibbo, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? That's absolutely right, Jace. Down here, we've got a motto in Sydney. You work hard during the week, and then on the weekend, you get your presents. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we know brooksy has been getting some gifts this weekend, but we'll get to that real soon. I want to talk NBA, uh, Brooksy. I'm not... I want to get into NBA a little bit more, and I was following the 76ers because yep. I was a fan of Ben Simmons. Um, it came back again, this competition this week, and uh, Ben Simmons is in the news again. Um, what is going on there at the 76ers with Ben Simmons? And I asked the question earlier, is he now the new Nick Kyrgios and Bernard Tomic of Australian sport? It's hard. It's, it's just this one sort of situation that has been going since the end of the playoffs last year, Jace. This is actually starting to become its own little conference. You've got the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference, and the Ben Simmons saga. There are three competitions really going on at the moment within the NBA. And it is, there's something happening daily. 
like with this situation, it's really weird. I I was looking on Twitter today with um, one of his teammates, Tobias Harris, came out. He's spoken to the team and basically said, look, I'm not in the right headspace. I want to be here for the team, but I'm not. I need to take some time away from the game. And Tobias Harris has come out on Twitter. He's one of the... He's, I guess he's one of the three stars of the team, Jace. There's Ben Simmons, there's Joel Embiid, and there's Tobias Harris, who they signed to a massive contract as well. And he's basically come out supporting Ben, and they're not going to talk about it publicly. I think they're over it. They're in game two of the season today against the Nets, and I think this has just gone on way too much. I can't believe how much everyone is talking about Ben Simmons. Like People that I know that don't know anything about basketball are talking about Ben Simmons and the situation that's at hand off the field, mm. uh, off the court and on the court. Like it's, 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 it's a massive story in, in the sports world at the moment. Well, with uh, you mentioned that they're playing the Nets. They're doing it right now with 14 seconds to go. They're trailing the Nets uh, 113 to, to 109. I mean, they started off the season with a win. They don't seem to be missing him too much. Yeah, there's been some interesting contributions from um, some of the young guys that are playing. So Tyrese Maxey's basically starting for him at point guard. He's been really good. I think he's got about 15 points today. And there's been some good good um, contributions off the bench with some of their younger guys and new acquisitions. So, look, my, my theory about it is I think Philly should just move on from Ben. Don't worry about the situation anymore. Concentrate on the team that they've got. Negotiate a trade where they can get a few young guys um, and maybe a role player with it. Uh, it they're going to have to cop it. It's unfortunate. He's a number one pick, maximum contract. Like, I think they've got players there that can take them quite close to a championship. And if, if they can just move on for, from it, I think they'll be a better team in the long run rather than try and persist with trying to get the best possible deal and try and integrate him into the team. So, yeah, it is... It's interesting. Everyone's got an opinion on it, and there's different things. Like, there's a lot of people that are saying, like, it's the team's fault because they threw him under the bus last year. It's Ben's fault because he's been an A grade. It's Clutch Sports who represent him that's being, that, that are throwing him to the wolves, not only to his teammates, but to the media. So, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts with it, and I, I, I just hope they move on and in a year's time. We see Ben talking about wanting to play for the Boomers and wanting to play for his new team and just going to another level. Yeah. Um, just looking at that uh, game, still 10 seconds ago now, 114 to 109, the Nets are, are leading. Let's let's talk about something positive. What about the uh, the other yeah. Aussies in, in, in the NBA and some new Aussies? How are they settling in? Well, Paddy Mills set a couple of records in game one for the Nets, seven threes off the bench, Jase. It was, it was quite the performance. I watched the highlights. It was, it was nearly bringing a tear to the eye. It's good seeing Paddy in a new team. Like It was a big move for him to leave San Antonio. He was their longest tenured player, so he wanted a, he wanted a new start. He, you can tell he's obviously still buzzing off the bronze medal win where he dominated in that game against Slovenia, like setting a, a career best. I think it was 43 points. And he had 21 points, perfect seven for seven from three-pointers in that game, which was a Nets record um, off the bench. So, yeah, he's, he's settled in well. I'm looking at the box score now, 11 points today. So he's, he's providing that role. Kyrie Irving is pretty much unavailable until further notice. So he's one of their three stars, as James Harden, Kevin Durant. So he's done really well. Josh Giddies, 
I think playing at the moment for the um, Thunder, they are very much in a in a rebuild phase. I don't think they'll win that many games this year. And looking at his numbers today, six points, two boards, four assists in 20 minutes. He's going to get a bit of time. I think he's a bit of a smoky for Rookie of the Year. If he can find some early form and maintain it through the year, I think he went sixth in the draft. So there's a few players above and below him in the draft that are contenders for this Rookie of the Year. But I think he's, he's got a good opportunity to play some minutes and get some minutes under his belt. And again, could be a could be a boon for the Boomers in um, later competitions. Right, yeah. Uh, we've only had two or three games so far. So the season, I think, kicked off on on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, any surprises from any of the any of the teams yet, Brooksy? Yeah, it's hard to say because you, you, like you said, two games into our eighty-two game season, so you, you can only go off what we've got. But when you look at the standings, you look at the East at the moment. We've got two, uh, three teams, two and zero: the the Wizards, the Knicks, and the Hornets. So those three teams have been. Um, rebuilding and, and trying to build towards a contending team for some time. But they've all, I've watched highlights on all three teams, mate. They're, they're really exciting. Like the Knicks, the Knicks acquired two players, Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker, who's a New York native. And Madison Square Garden was buzzing game one. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was one of the games on ESPN. And that is one of the best stadiums in the world when it's full. It is unbelievable. And the Wizards, mm-hmm. they traded Russell Westbrook for a a few parts to the Lakers, and they're looking really good. Like from for what from where they've come from, there was no Bradley Beal today, who's their star, Jace, and they did mm. they they did quite a job. Uh, oh no, sorry, they just snuck home against Indiana. But Charlotte are the ones that are surprising. Lamelo Ball, who played for Illawarra two years ago, yeah, he's yep. looking the good. I think they've done really well drafting him, and they've got a few of their like Gordon Haywood's having his first full season away from a from a bit of an injury history. So he he does it. He he was one of their stars when he came, but I think he can slot in nicely. Charlotte, yeah, looking looking really good. Should I follow the Nets and, and get behind Paddy Mills? I haven't got a team. No, I you know what's great about this era, Jace? I used to go for the Seattle Supersonics who got kicked out. And what you can do now with with NBA League Pass, you can sort of watch these ten minute versions of the games. So I don't think necessarily pick a team. Just start watching some of the... Like, you see the score. If you see a good highlight, you see someone scored 50 points, watch that game and right. and see what these stars... Like, see what these teams are like and who these stars are because I think nowadays you sort of gravitate towards the stars and combinations. Yeah. And, like, I did that with the Sonics with Peyton and Kemp who were just these these amazing, amazing athletes. Sean Kemp used to throw down everything he could and Gary Payton just lobbed passes to him all day. It was... A fun team to watch back in the 90s. But, yeah, I think that's the beauty of the era that we've got now, mate. You can follow all yeah. 30 teams quite closely and watch their highlights and then, you know, shuffle around the league and pick teams while they're hot and drop off when they start going on losing streaks. All right, I'll do that for next week because then I'll be more educated for when we have our NBA chat next week. Hey, mate, uh, before I let you go, and I've Brooksy's, uh, not Brooksy, Gibbo's really tough on getting to commercial breaks on time. Um, Dating, mate, how is the dating scene going in Sydney uh, post-lockdown? What are you, 30-something, single guy, good job? How's it going, mate? How's your Kit Kat strike rate? Good jawline. (laughs) Good fashion sense. Young, single guy at the start. (laughs) Uh, that is definitely not me. Um, 39, yeah, far out. I don't know where that's gone. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a cracking day here in Sydney, as uh, Gibbo can attest to. Um, so, yeah, I recently moved to the east, 
where paddle around the bars. It, there's a buzz out here, mate. It is. There's people <laughs> want to mingle. It's, the races are on. It's spring carnival. The people are dressed to the nines. I'm, I'm parked at the moment here in Pado. And there's people like, even, I'm getting a couple of waves here. Like, this is great. I think there's a good vibe post-lockdown. And, mate, until, once those borders open, once Anastasia uh, opens them up, you should come down and me and Gibbo will uh, show you some of the sights of uh, Sydney. Oof. Going out with you two? Yeah. I might need a week's recovery after that, I reckon. I'll, I'll give it a crack, though, mate. Hey, listen, thanks for the NBA update. Look forward to uh, hearing Joel and Fletch again uh, Monday Arvo from 3 here on 1170 SEN. Uh, go well, young man. Go well. Yeah, you know what, Jace? There's an album you need to get around because I know you, <laughs> you right. like your Netflix, but Rufus. Get some what? Rufus in here this weekend. It's an Aussie <laughs> dance. Yes, Gibbo, well done. What is this rubbish? Hey, not rubbish. No, no, give it a chance. Give it a chance. This is one of the, this is a future superstar band. They're right. big already, but they're going to be bigger after this album, Jace. You know what I was listening to on the way to work this morning? The best of Fleetwood Mac. Oh, okay, not bad. Not bad. Come on, I, I don't yeah. listen to that stuff. That stuff puts me to sleep. Come on, give me a break. Got to go, Brooksy. Thanks for the NBA update, mate. We'll chat to you next week on Sports Central. No, it's Jace. Catch up. Go well. Go well. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Us married blokes just look on and I know. Well, you blokes are just haven't you got a girlfriend though? Seriously though, Gibbo? Or oh, did, did a, I hear a rumour? Bit... This is the rumour. Yep. Is your girlfriend in a state? Is that what I heard? Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. It's a bit complicated, Jace. Well, we've got plenty of time. Well, we do. we got left we do. of the show. <laughs> well, okay, you know how I am with my breaks, Jace. Yeah, yeah that's true. I want them now get to and one. I want them yesterday. Now, Lee, Leah Blaney, she's joining us next, is she? She's coming Absolutely. up early on the show. Rightio, she's the young Matildas coach. She's a part of the 1170 SEN football coverage tonight of uh, the soccer, uh, sorry, the Matildas taking on Brazil. We'll chat to Leah next here on Sports Central. This is Sports Central on SEN. Yeah, it certainly is. Jason Matthews here for your Saturday afternoon on 1170 SEN. God, big day of racing, Cox Plate. Later on this afternoon, plenty of uh, good racing, plenty of good chats as well we've been having, and a lot of your texts as well. And a few of the questions we're asking this afternoon, uh, your thoughts on Ben Simmons? Is he the new Nick Kyrgios and, and Bernard Tomic of, of Australian Sport? 0457 736 736. If you had one over left of the T20 World Cup and you could pick any player from any era, from any team, who would you have to close out that last over? We've got a lot of suggestions for uh, Michael Bevan. Have we had any uh, more come through, Gibbo, on the text line? Yeah, this is a good one here. Big Al of Leppington. Definitely, it would have to be MS Stoney from India. Now, he had a tremendous IPL series. Um, that's a great nomination. Also, Rod Marsh. Now, he's a bit before my time, but he used to have a good slog. <laughs> Good slog when wanting to get in for some beers early, and that's from the Hillstorm. So keep your nominations coming in on that text line. But, yeah, some great suggestions so far, Jace. Yeah, thanks for those. 0457 736 736. Excited to see the Matildas tonight uh, taking on Brazil at Combank Stadium. Um, in front of a crowd, time to bring in Leah Blaney, the young Matildas coach, who's also joining the 1170 SEN team. G'day, Leah. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, good. Good to have you on board. You're calling that game tonight with, with the great Adam Peacock. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to one, um, a- attending a live 
um, game of sport and then um, secondly no. joining Adam on the call. Well, look, it's the first time the Matildas will play on home soil. I, I think I read somewhere 596 days. Is that correct? Yes, it, it's been quite some time um, that the girls have been home um, for international duty, but also given that most of them play um, in overseas competitions, I dare say uh, probably a bit longer than that for some of them on home soil. Mm. Uh, so we've got the game tonight against Brazil, then another one on Tuesday night. And as you say, in front of a crowd for, for the first time, it's so exciting for sport as we start to get back to some sort of normality, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I anticipate tonight, you know, potentially being a sellout in terms of the 75% capacity and, and just to see uh, young boys and, and girls in the crowd watching um, the Matildas at home. As I stated, it's, it's an exciting day. Now, these are good hit-outs ahead of the AFC Women's Asian Cup, which is in India. Is that that's still going ahead in January, is it? Yes, very much so at this point. Um, so it's certainly really important preparation that the girls get into quality opponents. And given that Brazil are currently ranked seventh in the world, it um, aligns with some good preparation for the Asian Cup. And where are we ranked currently? Uh, we're currently 11th in the world. Okay. And, of course, we've got the uh, the FIFA's Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand next year as well. Oh, no, sorry, in 2023. So there is so much going on. How important are these friendlies for, for squad development so far out from the World Cup? Yeah, look, they're critical for um, our, our development as a nation in this space. Uh, as we've seen in, in previous games, um, Gustafsson's been able to bring in and blood in a few, few fresh faces. I think there were three debutantes um, throughout the Island series in Angela Beard, Charlotte Grant and young Claire Wheeler. So hopefully these games pose another opportunity for him to debut a few more and um, beef up those stocks. What did you make of the Matildas performance at the, at the world cup? Was that a pass or do you think it was a disappointing, uh, not at the world cup at the Olympics, I should say, was that a pass or, or, or were we expecting them to go further? Look, we always expect um, our Matildas to win every single game they, they go into and obviously each tournament we, we want them to place in the in the top three, uh, if not number one in the world in anything we go into. So um, I'm sure there's some disappointment um, around that performance, but there's also a lot to build on and, and move forward and look forward to 2023 as well. Yeah, there's been a lot of, uh, I have to raise this, there's been a lot of bad publicity um, so surrounding the Matildas past culture. Is tonight some sort of turning point of putting that in the past and letting that being dealt with off the pitch and just get back to playing some footy? Oh, look, I think um, certainly, we, you know, praise Sam Johnson's recent initiative in bringing um, Sport Integrity Australia into the mix. I think um, we're certainly moving in, in the right direction with those sort of things. Um, to say it's the past so soon um, is probably a bit raw, but um, certainly FA have brought in a great initiative in Sport Integrity Australia. And at the end of the day, I'm sure we all want sport as a whole to be a safe place for everybody. Well, you're part of the system. You're the young Matildas coach. I mean, how is it as a coach in that system? Uh, look, I can obviously speak to uh, my team at the moment and it's, it's certainly very, very inclusive. Um, it's a, a safe environment to be in. And um, on the football side of things, we're obviously seeing a lot of young players being blooded into that senior squad, which um, is, is terrific. 
Mm. Mm. All righty. Uh, for the young Matildas, what's coming up for, for, for you guys? What's what's Matches coming up soon? Yeah, look, with, with the um, opening of borders and those sort of things, um, we're, we're hopefully looking to get some activity um, in the near future. And, um, again, the more high-level match minutes we can get for our youth players, um, the greater impact that's going to have on our senior squad. Yeah, are you playing? Uh, do you conduct your World Cup at the same time uh, as the Matildas, or is, uh, do you have a separate schedule? Yeah, no, they they play in separate years um, right, with okay. the youth teams. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, listen. Good luck tonight uh, with Adam Peacock. He, he's a real pro. You'll go all right there. Uh, all the action tonight <laughs> from seven o'clock on eleven seventy SEN. Uh, it's the Matildas taking on Brazil. Hey. What's what are Brazil known as? We're known as the Matildas. What are Brazil known as? Uh, I believe it is the Celicao. The Celicaos. The okay, Bra- there you go. Yes, for the Brazilians. <laughs> there you go. Because yeah, it's funny. We just say Brazil. We don't we don't use uh, their emblem or, or whatever it is. So you can catch all the action tonight from seven with yourself and Adam Peacock here on eleven seventy SEN and Tuesday night from eight o'clock as well. Young Matilda's coach, Leah Blaney, uh, thanks for your time on Sports Central, the Savo. Thank you. No worries. There you go. There goes uh, Leah Blaney. Looking forward to that match uh, tonight. Gibbo. Gee, there's a lot of sport on. You've got the Wallabies this afternoon. So what's that? 3.45, Gibbo. You'll be having a quiet ale watching that game, won't you? Absolutely, Jay. Sorry. Absolutely, Jay. But they're expecting a really big crowd out at Combank Stadium. I'm not sure if you heard, Jace. We had Bank West out at um, Parramatta, but they changed the name to Combank. So there's going to yeah. be a lot of yeah. a lot of fans there. You were talking earlier about the England versus France rugby league test. There's rugby union again tomorrow. There's America versus the All Blacks, which I mean, look, that's early tomorrow morning, but you've got to think it's going to be a hiding. And then you've got the World Cup tonight starting in the cricket. Which one are you most looking forward to, Jace? I'm looking for, and I want to ask our listeners that too, 0457 736 736. I think the World Cup uh, yeah. tonight uh, against South Africa, I, I want to see how Dave Warner uh, reacts to his form slump. And, and again, uh, we mentioned it uh, to Sam Hargraves last hour. I mean, three three runs in four innings. I think he struggles in the UAE. Uh, they're slower pitches, they're lower. Um, I mean, God, most most teams open with spin bowling uh, in the T20s over there. So I just, yeah, I, I want to see him bounce back. I think Dave Warner can do it. He's got the attitude. He's certainly got the skill to do it. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually looking forward to watching the All Blacks versus the USA. The last time they won, I think it was 76-3. to three well, I, think, I think the line, Jace, is at 72 and a half. So there's 50,000 well, there people. Yeah, so I mean, look, but the All Blacks aren't fielding their best side. It's a good side and it's a young side. But I, I think when young guys get in the team, I'm sure they just want to put some points on it. And in front of a big crowd in Chicago, I believe it is, it's going to be bloody interesting. Well, and the other thing too, I'm looking forward to the Cox Plate this afternoon. How big is horse racing at the moment? Go back to the Everest last week. It was a big crowd. I mean, it was 10,000. It was capped at 10,000. But it was a big crowd, and it was a young crowd. There's a huge buzz around horse racing at the moment, and driven by younger younger people. And I think it's really exciting times for horse racing, Gibbo. So I'm looking forward to the Cox Plate as well. I've sort of noticed, I think when Peter Volandis jumped on board New South Wales Racing, I, I think a lot of the events, 
the horse going to the horse races was a bit more an event for young people. You know, there's going to be good drinks, there's going to be some live music, and oh yeah, there's going to be some horses racing. And it's a really it's a thing to do now. So it's not just you know the Cox Plate is on. It's I'm going to the races, and I think a lot of young people have jumped on the back of that. I know last week they were belting out our horses over the speaker, and it was good to see ten thousand people there. I, it upsets me when you say, "Oh, and there's horse racing." You give I mean, I'm not you, saying it. I'm just trying to um, give you what some young people would think. Oh, I'm not a massive horse racing fan. That's because I always lose. But you know, each to their own. You've, you've got a tip uh, on today, surely? Yeah, Moanga. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a bet. We gamble responsibly, everyone. Uh, I'm on Moanga today for the uh, for the uh, Cox Plate, and I, I don't know why. Well, I don't know why. I wish I'd have backed it the other day. It's seventeen to one, and now because Zaki's out, yeah, it's coming to six fifty. You know, Jay's in rugby league. I know Gus Gould loves to go on about it. The football gods. Well, is the horse racing gods a thing? And are they are they going to be smiling on uh, Annabelle Neesham and the team? Yeah, oh, I don't know. It, look, this is such a this is a really hard Cox Plate this year. And and normally, like we're talking to um, uh, Andrew Bensley from SEN Track the other day. And he said, this is the race where the best horses normally win. You know, in the Melbourne Cup, something could fluke it and get up or something you don't know of and, and the other races. But he said the Cox Plate, it's normally the best weight for age horse wins the race. I, I don't know, mate. I, I, again, there's so many good horses in this race. I, I've got no idea. I'm just hoping Manga well, um, gets up. Jace, I've got a text here that you might be interested in. Now, you, you know one of our stable mates here at SEN, Joel Kane, and he mm. loves... He loves a theory, and, and this message came. He does this message came through earlier this morning? I think I've had a Fletch-like epiphany, state of rest, and then he's brought through the uh, early crow sign. Now, look, if if Joel's on it, I think I want to be on it, but uh, of course, responsibly, Jace. Well, I'll give you some facts. I uh, I shared with uh, Badge and Sats on Sports Day during the week around uh, Moanga, and I'm just I'm just looking them up now because I've I've got them here somewhere, and I saw this on Twitter. It was posted by Steve Hewlett during the week. Uh, couldn't understand why Manga is $17 in the Cox Plate. Well, now it's $6.50 because of Zaki. Surely has to start shorter. And here are the facts. Horses flying at one. The group one winks first up. Chased bravely behind incentivized second up. Strong line beaten by 0.3 lengths. Posted wide in the Epsom with 57 kilos. Beaten 1.6 lengths. Has won at 2,000 metres. So you look at that. It's raced in very good company. And it loves the distance. So, I, I, you know, I'm, from, from that point of view, I'm pretty confident that Moanga uh, for Annabelle Nisham could, uh, could get the day this afternoon, Gibbo. So, well, there you have it, sir. There you go, Jace. When you say it like that, I, I'm going to have to go on that as well, I think. Gamble responsibly, my Absolutely. friends. Absolutely. Uh, let's go to a break on Sports Central. Uh, when we come back, Timmy Horan's played 80 tests for the Wallabies. He skippered the Wallabies. He's one of our greats to ever play the game. He joins us to preview Japan and the Wallabies this afternoon. We'll do that next here on 1170 SEN. This is Sports Central on SEN. Certainly is. Welcome back to it. Jason Matthews here this afternoon. An action-packed day of sports. Australia featured in three major codes today alone. We've got the Wallabies taking on Japan this afternoon. The Matildas taking on Brazil. And, of course, uh, the Australian cricketers taking on South Africa in the opening T20 game tonight. And we're taking your text as well on 0457 736 736. Actually, Woody's hit us up on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Gibbo, can you give us a shout-out? Woody riding in the Shire. Looks beautiful. Nice ride there, Woody. Thanks for listening. 
to Sports Central on 1170 SEN. This man played 80 tests for the Wallabies, skipped a few as well. One of the greats of the game, Timmy Horan, uh, joining us now. And, of course, Timmy's all part of Stan Sport. It's the only place to watch Japan take on the Wallabies this afternoon from 3.30 and tomorrow morning the USA hosts the All Blacks with coverage from 6.25. Both matches streaming ad-free, live and on demand only on Stan Sport. And to start your seven-day free trial, visit stan.com.au forward slash rugby. Geez, you're going to be a busy man this weekend. Timmy, are you covering both these games? <laughs> G'day, Jase. How are you, mate? Um, I'm good, no, mate. COVID's preventing me, pre- preventing me from sort of being in Sydney, of course. So, as you know, mate, live up in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast. And, yeah, so the boys will uh, commentate, of course, out of the Sydney studio. But uh, these matches will be fantastic to watch. The the Wallabies on a four-match winning streak, won four in a row, and then trying to get this fifth one away. They haven't won uh, five in a row, I don't think, till Robbie Deans' days, back in those days. Yeah, so, yeah 2008. Yeah, too, mm. you've just you've just stolen all of my prep, mate. Interview's done. We'll uh, have a good day. No, <laughs> um, the last time, actually, the last time we played um, Japan was back in two thousand and seventeen. Uh, we beat them sixty three thirty. It's it's certainly not going to be like that this afternoon, is it, Tim? No, if you look two years ago, you know they made the quarterfinal of the World Cup. They were in very good form. They're probably not in that sort of form, but they're not far off it. And the Wallabies know that this is going to be a really tough game. And, you know, when Eddie Jones used to coach in Japan, he, he you know, this is sort of seven, eight, nine years ago, he brought this culture into the, the side where it was a really quick ruck ball and the, and the players, they, they hardly go to ground, they pop the pass up. So it's going to be a frenetic pace. And Eddie Jones was part of that many years ago and they've continued it on. And a um, couple of Aussies will play in the Japanese team, of course, the the great Greg Cornelson, the former Wallaby player who scored four tries in an all-black test match many years ago. I think it was 1978. His son, Jack Cornelson, who plays for Queensland Uni in Brisbane, will play his first test match for Japan. So exciting for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any surprises in the Wallabies team? It is a strong team. I, I didn't know whether they were going to use this as a bit of a warm-up ahead of the, the spring tour, but they've named a pretty strong team, the Wallabies. Yeah, I think what Dave Rennie, the coach, is doing, JC, just you know, making sure he rewards players for uh, if you're in the team and you're playing well and the side's winning, he's not going to chop and change the side around too much. Um, Tani, Tani Otupo will start again. Quade Cooper will start again at fly half. And it looks like his Japanese club that he's obviously contracted to, Kintetsu, uh, will allow him to travel to Europe and play the next three test matches they play in in Scotland, in England, and also in Wales. So that's good news for the Wallabies. And um, Hunter Paisami, the, the inside centre, has taken um, Samu Karevi's position. Samu Karevi injured his ankle a few weeks back on the Gold Coast. So Hunter Paisami back in the team after coming back from New Zealand many weeks ago for the birth of his first child. Uh, the Wallabies, you can see a, a transition, can't you, Tim, in, in the, how they play Going back to exciting rugby, uh, Dave Rennie, it looks like he's finally having an influence over the team now. Yeah, Dave Rennie and also his assistant coaches, um, Jason, as you know, mate, especially in NRL and AFL, the assistant coaches don't get a lot of credit as much as probably what they should do. Um, a guy called Scott Wiseman, who's the assistant coach, the attack coach, uh, worked a couple of years with Eddie Jones in England. Um, and then has come back to Australia and does a lot of work with the attacking, not just of the backs, but also of the forwards, and Matty Taylor, the defensive coach. So they've both been in Super Rugby before and both been you know, experienced um, assistant coaches. So they add a lot to what Dave Rennie's trying to do, and also just off the field, Jace, you know, 
Dave Rennie gets the guitar out, sings a few songs with the players, and actually, <laughs> you know, make sure they understand why they're wearing a gold jersey and that um, that gold thread and and what it what it represents. Yeah, they seem to be responding uh, pretty well to his uh, his coaching style. Corabetti um, or Bete, is this? Have we seen the last of him? He's not going on the tour now for for, for personal reasons. Um, it, it, will we see him again in Wallabies colours? Uh, I think you will, Dave, at some stage. Yeah, Marika, um, uh, you know, he was away for the birth of a child um, right throughout that rugby championship and couldn't get back to Melbourne, of course. So um, straight away after that, he went back to Melbourne. And then I think personal reasons, he just wanted to stay with his family and, and spend a bit more time with the family. So, um, and probably Dave, when he's looked at that and go, OK, well, you're not going to be here for the next couple of years. So that's give you a release and that's get some other players on the tour that we can put on the wing. So I think you'll see him down the track. If we, with no Gitto law moving forward, Jase, you're allowed to pick players now overseas, but they'll only pick those players if they're short in those positions. So if we're short right. in the wings and, and we need someone to play against the All Blacks, I think, yep, get Marika back. Um, but, mate, you're a, you're a rugby fan and all the other fans around Australia, they want to know that the selectors are picking the best team to play against a side like the All Blacks. Oh, I think it's great. I think it's a good change uh, to that law. Um, I was going to ask you one other thing about that. Oh, the, the the tour that's coming up, the spring tour. I mean, you've been on you've been on plenty. Um, how do you think this this Wallabies team will go when they play Scotland, England, and Wales? Are we being a little bit unrealistic to hope that they might go undefeated, or and what is going to be the toughest challenge for us? Oh, I think the toughest challenge will be England at Twickenham. Um, Eddie Jones has got a really good team together. He's a, such a astute coach, and it's just so hard to win at Twickenham. It's um, the home of rugby, and you know the last couple of years or so, even the last ten years, it's been tough for the Wallabies there. Uh, even Scotland up in Edinburgh um, at Murrayfield, you know, you get sixty odd thousand people there. Uh, it's such a hard place to win. And then your last Test match in Wales at Millennium Stadium, so. It's a it's a really tough tour. Um, a pass mark for me, Jace, is probably win three out of four. Um, mm. But I think the Wallabies, they'd, they'd want to try and get four out of four if they can, starting today. All right, mate. I'll let you go. What are you on the beach on the Gold Coast today, mate? Taking it uh, easy? I am on the beach, Jace. Yeah, I'm going to head God, down to the... Um, I'm going to head down to the Chugan Surf Club and have a couple of small um, mid-strength ales and watch the races and watch them and then tune into Stan Sport to watch the Wallabies later on this evening. <laughs> isn't it a brilliant day of sport, Tim? Isn't it just outstanding? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, and obviously, you know, our, our friends in New South Wales and Victoria getting out of that little bit of lockdown and a bit more freedom and, and hopefully that continues through the Christmas time and the borders open and everyone can come up and enjoy the Sunshine State. Before I let you go, we've been asking our listeners this afternoon on 0457 736 736. Uh, the T20, of course, that kicks off tonight as well. If you, if you from any era, Tim, from any country, yep. if you needed to get 20 runs off the last over of a T20 World Cup final, who would you like to have the bat? Uh, I reckon I'd be going back to Sir Vivian. Sir Vivian yeah. Richards, um, the master blaster. I mean, he was someone who was just unbelievable. Him and Clive Lloyd, when they played together, and you know, when we were all young growing up, and but probably for the Aussies, you'd probably have to say Mark Waugh. I mean, you put Mark Waugh in there with you know twenty to get off the last over, and you're virtually guaranteed he's going to do something. He wouldn't even raise a sweat, would he? No, no, he wouldn't. He'd just walk off and sit down, have a cup of tea and go again. So, um... <laughs> I don't think it'd be a cup of tea either, Timmy. Listen, good luck to the Wallabies this afternoon, mate. Thanks for joining us on Sports Central on 1170 SEN. Good on you, Jase.
Cheers, mate. Wallaby legend Tim Horan there. Uh, don't forget, Stan Sport is the only place to watch Japan. Take on the Wallabies, the Savo from 3.30. And the USA hosts the All Blacks uh, tomorrow. Coverage from 6.25. Both matches streaming ad-free, live and on demand, only on Stan Sport. Let's get to a break on Sports Central on 1170 SCN. Got some, uh, got some updates with sport happening around the world next. This is Sports Central on SEN. Jeez, at that time already, Gibbo, welcome back to it. It is 11.70 SCN. Jason Matthews here this afternoon. Uh, of course, a coverage of the Cox Plate coming your way after 2 o'clock here this afternoon on, on SEN. What a big arvo. Gibbo's on the buttons, the Savo, helping me out. Thank you, mate, for doing this. Um, a bit of an update on some sport going around. The WBBL quadruple header down in Tassie. Rain hasn't come to the party, Gibbo. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, you know, last week they had the snap lockdown down in Hobart, so no fans were allowed. This week, they can't take a trick. So you've got the Adelaide Strikers and Hobart Hurricanes. That's been mm. washed out. The second match between the Melbourne Stars and the Brisbane Heat has been delayed by rain. So that was supposed to kick off in about 10 minutes. That won't be happening until a bit later, hopefully. And then, obviously, we've got the Sydney Derby later tonight, which we want to see. So, fingers so is crossed. So, is this all in Launce- all of these games in Launceston no. or some of them Hobart? Yeah, so there's – I think Uni and Taz have got two games and then there's another There's another oval that's hosting the first two. So yeah, That would be Blunston. Yeah, Blunston Arena, of course. And then, well, hopefully it's not raining in Launceston for the Sydney Derby later on. NBA games that are being completed today, the Nets – Beat the Phillies 76ers, 114 to 109. The Rockets, uh, 124, beat the Thunder 91. The Bulls, 128, New Orleans, uh, 112. And a live game at the moment, we've got uh, the LA Lakers. Who are they taking on, mate? Uh, is it Phoenix Suns? It looks like the yeah, Phoenix Suns. I think it actually Suns. it is. Yeah, yeah, it is the Phoenix Suns. And the score's just going off the screen at the moment. So I'll give you an update on that uh, real soon. There are your live well, scores. A, that is a good jump shot, though, Jace, isn't it? We're just watching the replay in here, but that was a good jump shot. Went down on his ankle out, pretty rough. Outstanding, wasn't it? 29-27, the Lakers lead over Phoenix at the moment. We better get to a break. This is Sports Central on 1170 SCN. Back in a sec to wrap it up. This is Sports Central on SEN. Yeah, welcome back. Jason Matthews here this afternoon. Uh, we've, jeez, uh, I can't believe the two hours is up already. I'm just reading a, uh, a an email I got here from Victorian Cricket, mate, to take on, uh, Gibbo's on the buttons, by the way, taking on the Blues, New South Wales Blues, next week in the Sheffield Shield. They can confirm that James Pattinson, Will Pekofsky and Seb Gotch will not be travelling to Sydney for their first Sheffield Shield match of the year, Gibbo. Yeah. Uh, the squad... To take on New South Wales at Dremoyne Oval is Peter Hanscom, captain, Scott Boland, Sam Elliott, Sam Harper, Marcus Harris. Geez, he, good yep. chance for him, isn't there? Needs really good chance. Yep. John Holland, Nick Maddinson, Jonathan Merlo, Will Parker, uh, Mitch Perry, James Seymour, Matt Short and Will Sutherland. That's the team to take on. Well, the squad that will take on uh, New South Wales. A lot, of, a lot of young team there, but it's going to be good for the New South Wales guys to get a hit out before the season breaks down for the big bash, but I'm pretty interested to see how it plays out, Jase. Yeah, it'll be really good. Uh, October 27. What's that? What day is that? Is that Tuesday or something? Maybe Tuesday? That starts at Dremoyne Oh, Oval. that's Wednesday. Dremoyne Oval. Wednesday. Great Dremoyne ground, Dremoyne. Five dollar beers. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Love it. Love. How much? Five dollars. The cans. They're awesome, mate. Mate, that's why I go to the Queensland Cup games. Oh, oh plus, Mate, Burley. Go to Burley. Pizzy Park. Stand on the hill. Pizzy Park. Five dollar cans. Drink responsibly. Gamble responsibly this afternoon if you're having a punt on the Cox Plate. Uh, Gibbo, it's been a pleasure doing Sports Central with you this afternoon, mate. Have a good one. Uh, We'll be back 
Monday night from 6 o'clock with Sports Day straight after Joel and Fletch here at 11.70 SEN. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. SEN's coverage of the Cox Plate up next. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30 a.m. for a limited time only. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30 a.m. for a limited time only.